This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We're going to keep reading because Jesus does a little expansion on the whole forgiveness thing. So let's keep going. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I forgive you. I forgive you. Nadine Collier, the daughter of 70-year-old Ethel Lance, said at the hearing with her voice breaking with emotion, you took something very precious from me. I will never talk to her again. I will never hold her again, but I forgive you. And God, have mercy on your soul. I forgive you, Nadine Collier said as she looked at the TV screen in a courtroom in Charleston. And she could see Dylan Roof, who was the man who had gone into her daughter's church and opened fire and killed her daughter. And it's amazing. You can watch the hearing in Charleston where family member after family member stand up and say, I forgive you. I forgive you. We pray for your soul. Now, none of them denied the pain of what had happened. None of them denied the injustice. But they all forgave. How does that happen? How does that kind of forgiveness happen? Don't you want to know what makes them tick? The world would be a better place if more people could say with their heart, I forgive you like that. Our lives would be so different if we could forgive so freely and be forgiven. But you know what? It's really, really difficult to forgive people. Maybe it's just me who experiences that. It's also really, really hard to receive forgiveness from other people and, and, and from God. Today we're going to learn from Jesus in this prayer about forgiveness. We're going to learn what it means for God to forgive us and make the connection with us forgiving other people. And of course we're going to think about what does it mean to pray for forgiveness. And since we're a church family, it's really important that we acknowledge that we come to this reality of forgiveness with pain and struggles to forgive people. And we have people in our lives who maybe won't forgive us, and that hurts. We come with struggles to really know and experience God's forgiveness together. So this is an issue as we deal with this together this afternoon that's really close to our hearts and and, and our painful experiences. So we need to be looking out for each other this afternoon, thinking and praying together. So why don't we pray now and ask for God's help? Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you that you are the God of forgiveness as we've been wonderfully singing and thinking about. And Lord, it is hard for us to understand forgiveness, to experience it, and to extend forgiveness to others. Oh, but we're so grateful that that you're going to teach us, not just my opinions and our ideas, but your wonderful, grace-filled, forgiving kindness. So please teach us and help us to care for each other. And we pray that as a result of what you've got to say to us this afternoon, we would experience more of your forgiveness and even the liberty to forgive others. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, this request in the prayer falls neatly into two parts, doesn't it? Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. So it wasn't hard for me to figure out how we're going to approach this sermon. We're going to do it in those two halves, okay? So we're going to start by thinking about forgive us our debts. And we're going to use this language of cancel our burden of debts, just another way of saying it. Forgive us our debts, cancel our burden of debt. Now, if you know the Lord's Prayer well, maybe you grew up saying it, uh, you'll have learned a certain way of saying it. And if, like me, you learned, forgive us our sins, it would have tripped you up when every time we read through it and it's gone, forgive us our debts, forgive us our debts. It just gets you every time. Now, um, it's not that we've got it wrong when we say forgive us our sins. It says forgive us our debts here. In Luke's gospel, which records Jesus teaching the Lord's Prayer, it says sins. And the language Jesus spoke was Aramaic, okay? And the one word that, they would have, that he would have used had both the idea of sin and debt. They're basically two sides of the same coin. In fact, Jesus kind of switches language down in verse 14. Forgive people when they sin against you. So it's, so it's all the same idea, sins and debts. But it's really good sometimes to trip over Bible words because it makes you slow down and go, I was expecting it to say sins. It says debts. Why does it say debts? What does the idea of forgive us our debts help us with to understand forgiveness? Maybe in a fresh way if we're familiar with this prayer. I don't know if you've ever been in debt. I still owe the library down the road for five pounds for a comic I took out and didn't return. I'm planning on leaving the country without paying it, <laughs> seeing if, I, if they chase me down. But you know what? There are bigger debts that we get, we get into. And money debts are one of the hardest things and some of us will have experienced getting into because the debt can just grow and grow and grow with high interest rates. Things like that just gets bigger and bigger. And sometimes a debt can become beyond paying off. And that kind of debt really weighs on us. It becomes a, a burden. We talk about the burden of debt. And Jesus tells us to ask God, our Father, to forgive us our debts which suggests we owe God. We owe God a debt that is too big for us to pay. Now, Jesus tells a story later on in Matthew's gospel that really helps us understand this debt-forgiving thing. So we're going to turn over to it in Matthew 18. So turn over a few pages to page 985, Matthew 18. Because... Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, comes along to Jesus um, to ask about forgiveness. And he, he asks about how many, basically, is there a limit on how many times we should forgive? And Jesus teaches. And it's going to help us. So look at Matthew 18, verse 21. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. So Peter wants to know, is there a limit? Is there a number of, of how many times I should forgive? When Jesus says 77 times, he's saying, no, that it should be limitless forgiveness. And then he tells a story which is going to help us out. He tells a story that deals with debts being cancelled. Have a look at verse 23. Let's carry on going. So Jesus tells this story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. 
At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. So here's this guy. He's in deep debt. His burden of debt is huge. If you do some maths, it basically it's gazillions he owes. <laughs> he owes 10,000 bags of gold. One bag of gold was about 20 years wages. So he had the equivalent of 200,000 years worth of wages or something. Like it's, it's a crazy big number. It's meant to be a, an unimaginable amount of debt. And he's not going to be pay, able to pay it back. So what's his only hope? He begs his master. And the master has pity on him. Cancels the debt. I want you to picture the burden of debt this man has. Imagine him with one hand kind of holding that thousands of bags of gold, thousands of years worth of wages of debt that he owes, weighing him down. Can you imagine him? Can you see him in your imagination weighed down with that debt? His only hope that his master will just come along and cancel it. And now can you see his whole demeanor change? When the master has pity on him, lifts the 10,000 bags from his hands. Don't worry. I forgive your debts. You don't have to pay any of it. He can stand tall, free from that crushing burden of debt that was over him. Now take that image back to the Lord's Prayer and realize this. We all carry the massive burden of being in debt to God. We owe God more than thousands of years worth of gold and wages. We owe God everything. See, we human beings have taken what belongs to God and we have not given to God what he is owed. We owe God because he, he gives us everything that we have. And we're thieves. We're thieves, basically. He's given us the only planet in the solar system that's inhabitable. He's made this place for the express purpose of us living here and breathing here. And we owe our very existence to him. And we were made to say with every breath, as it were, the first line of the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name. And we're thieves because we take all of that, all of this world, we'll happily have the food, the joy, the relationships, our bodies, pleasure, art, music, whatever it is, we'll have it all. But we're going to keep it for ourselves, keep it from him. And God wants it back. We owe him a debt. Not only that, we owe God because of what we're doing with his world and with the people he's made. We're in debt to God because the way we treat his human beings who he loves. And as our maker, God, we owe him something. We owe him our thanks, our greatest thanks. As the most excellent and beautiful being in the universe, he deserves us to be most satisfied in him more than anything else. And as the perfect king, he deserves our total obedience. Those are all the things we owe him, and those are all the things we don't give him. And like in the story, the time will come where God will demand we pay our debt. Some of you will know that 
uh, as a family, we recently bought a house, and we've had a tricky time with our tenants, okay? Some of you know this. And I, I don't share this to be kind of dramatic, but it, it really helps understand the whole owing debt thing. For several months, our tenants, um, I'll take you to the end of the story, they've left, so good news. But um, for several months, they didn't pay us any rent. They refused to pay rent. And can I tell you, I learned more about what it means for us to be in debt to God through that than anything else. Because they owed us. They were in our house, and they were living as if it was their own. And it wasn't theirs, it was ours. And they owed us rent. And as the months went by, and as my parents went by week after week and said, you owe money, and they said, no, we're not paying it, the debt grew week by week, month by month. And I felt offended, like rightly offended, And their burden of debt by the end was huge. And the time came for us to go around and demand the debt, to serve notice and say, well, you're going to have to leave. Friends, how much more is God rightly outraged at us? We live in his world as if it's ours. And we take what's his and we don't pay him any thanks. We don't give him what he's owed. So if I was right to be angry as a landlord, and if we came around demanding they need to pay up, do you not think God is going to one day demand from you and me what we owe him? And we'll pay what we owe under God's justice forever, unless unless he cancels the debt. Now some of us here will respond differently in different ways. Some of us will... feel the burden of debt we owe to God. In fact, we go, away, go around daily feeling burdened, kind of hunched over under that guilt and that shame that we just feel it. Some of us don't feel like we really owe God anything. We think we owe him a sing-song on a Sunday, being a decent person, and that just, that'll pay God off. We think the debt's like this little thing. So I want you to picture now your hand weighed down with the debt of sin we owe God. Can you see our kind of spiritual posture under that debt, burdened by the debt that we all owe God? And so all we can do, all we can do with that crushing debt is pray the Lord's Prayer. My only hope is that you'll forgive the debt Lift the burden. Lord, our debt is huge. There's no way I'm paying that back. Our only hope is that you'll you'll cancel it. There's no way we're paying it back. We try and pay it back. We try and pay it back with a bit of religion, with a bit of church involvement, with being good, whatever we think it is, a bit of Bible study. You can't pay that back. All we can do is ask God to forgive us our debts. Cancel the debt, God. And that's what Jesus tells us to pray. Father, forgive us our debts. But can he just do that? What about what I owe? He, he's dealt with that too, you know. That burden of debt that we owe God has been paid. He doesn't just say forget about it and ignore his justice. He's paid for it. 
That's why Jesus came, God's son. See, the Bible talks about the debt, in fact, we just sang it, being nailed to the cross with the body of Jesus. That debt that we owe for our sin is nailed to the cross with Jesus. It's cancelled. And because it was paid by Jesus, the Father can say, I cancel your debt. I forgive you. It's been paid. All we have to do is ask God to forgive us our debts. So let me ask you, have you asked God to forgive your crushing debt of sin through the death of Jesus? Have you asked him? Now, what happens next when we have asked God to forgive us our debts? It all hangs on what you think God is like. Once my daughter Rosie went to her grandma and said, can I have some milk? To which grandma said, pardon? As in, you should have said please. To which Rosie went, can I have some milk? (laughs) She didn't get the kind of subtle underlays of the conversation. When we pray, forgive us our debts, how do you think God responds? Pardon? Say it again. Say it better. Some of us picture God with arms folded saying, can't hear you. And so we're like, forgive us. We feel like we've got to say it again and again. Forgive me, please. Forgive me, forgive me. God's going, I can't hear you. Forgive me, forgive me. Have you already forgotten the first line of the prayer, though? Our Father in heaven. We come to a Father who is eager to forgive. Father, forgive us our debts. Father. And so if we humble our hearts, if we truly acknowledge the mountain of debt of sin that we owe, we ask God to cancel our debt, he will. He doesn't make us keep pleading He forgives. Do you think God would give his son as a sacrifice to pay for our debt and then be all reluctant when we ask him to pay our debt? Why would he do that? Why would he give Jesus to forgive us and then go, actually, I'm just going to play a bit hard to get while you ask for forgiveness, not you? He doesn't do that. He's a father who's eager. Now, we might wonder, though, why do we need to keep asking? You know, we're given this prayer. It's like a daily prayer for Christians to pray. Why do we need to keep asking God for forgiveness then? Isn't asking God for forgiveness something we do when we first become a Christian? And that's right. When we become Christians, we ask God to forgive us all that we've done, and God does forgive us completely. It's called justification. We're completely forgiven and made right, justified before God. That burden is cancelled, taken away, once and for all. Which means we need to watch out for what I'm going to call hokey-cokey Christianity. I don't know if it's okey-cokey or okey-cokey. You know the nursery rhyme thing, in, out, in, out, shake it all about, and all that, okay. Hokey, there's a hurt at the beginning. Thanks, my American friends. Hokey-cokey. There may be, I don't know if there's a transatlantic, anyway, it's fine. We can have an attitude towards God when it comes to forgiveness that, we, that is a kind of an in, out, in, out thing. You ask for forgiveness, you pray the Lord's Prayer, and you're in. You're, you're forgiven by God, debt cancelled. But then the days go by, the week goes by, and you commit more sins, and you're out again. Kind of forgiveness is gone. 
And then you, you start to f- build up the debt and you're crushed by it again. So you, you come back, you confess the, your sins again and you're back in. God loves you again. But then, and you're in, out, in, out. And it just goes round and round like that. Sound familiar to any of us? Is, it, is that our, our weekly experience with God? No, with God, as long as your faith is in Jesus, your sins are forgiven. There's no in, out, depending on whether you, when you last asked for forgiveness. As if asking for forgiveness is like putting money in the parking meter to like top it up. It's not mechanical. You don't need to go to a priest to, for, to confess your sins. That's why we don't do that. As if, 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 unless I've had a confession time, then I can't be forgiven. No, we have a relationship with a father and we live in a reality of forgiveness. So stand tall. So why then do we keep praying, forgive us our debts? Because we are still sinners. And so we still need that forgiveness every day. Just like we need oxygen every day. The day you were born, you needed oxygen to breathe. And you took your first breath. And you need it every moment. It's just part of what you desperately need all the time. And we, we need forgiveness the day we became a Christian and, and became a child of the Father. But we need that same forgiveness, that same grace of God every single day, just like oxygen. God's forgiveness is like the oxygen that we breathe. And, and as we pray this prayer daily, it's like we keep on breathing. Keep on breathing that forgiveness that we need. Like saying to God, it's another day and I still need your forgiveness. My only hope today is it was yesterday, as it will be tomorrow, is that you will cancel my debt and not treat me as I deserve. So we pray this over and over again, not as a mechanical thing, not because we think God is playing hard to get, because it's the wonderful reality that we live in. He forgives, he forgives, and we need it every day till the day we die. And praying this daily prayer is good for us because it will correct our posture. I don't know what your posture is like. Many of us have the wrong spiritual posture. We go round like this, weighed down every day by our burden of guilt as Christians. And I, I wonder if the root of that for many of us is that we don't daily breathe and ask God to forgive us our debts. And so if we're not frequently saying, you need to cancel the debt, take the debt, who starts carrying the debt? We do, again. In our minds, we start, I'm still carrying my sin. And so we're weighed down. I wonder if that's you. Or maybe we do pray for forgiveness, but like we were saying before, we don't really think God has cancelled our debt. So we keep praying it, keep praying it, but think, oh, he hasn't actually done it. If that's you, let me ask you this. Why would God give us a prayer that he's not going to answer? Why would God tell us, Ask me for forgiveness and then go, nope, not going to answer it. Not you anyway. I'll forgive all the other people, but not you. Why would God do that? Now he's given us a prayer as a gift, a daily gift. So I want to encourage us, ask God daily for forgiveness. Name your sin. Name the debts. Name specific things you've done. Attitudes you're fighting thoughts you've had, desires you've got that are sinful, and put you in God's debt. Ask for forgiveness, and then go into your day with your burden of debt cancelled, standing tall as a child of God, not hunched over anymore with that burden. 
And if we don't pray this prayer frequently, daily, think of it like this. We're missing out on a shower. We're missing out on a daily shower in the Father's love and his forgiveness. That's what this prayer is to us. Cancel our burden of debt. Now, someone wrote that the, in the Lord's Prayer, light streams from the Lord's Prayer in many directions. I love that. Light streams from the Lord's Prayer in many directions. And that's especially true of this line, where there's the light of forgiveness between us and God, but it beams out in another direction. Did you see it? Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. There's this direction of us forgiving as well in this line of the prayer. Have a look down at verse 14 as well. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So Jesus says we should pray acknowledging that God forgives us our debts as, that means in the same way as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us as we have forgiven others. It's the same kind of forgiveness, forgiving debts. And then Jesus says very clearly that our Father will forgive us if we forgive others. And if we won't forgive others, our Father won't forgive us. Now, what does Jesus mean by this? Because that's tricky. Is my forgiveness from God conditional on me forgiving others? But I struggle to forgive others. So does that mean I can't have forgiveness from God? Is Jesus saying we have to earn God's forgiveness by being better at forgiving other people ourselves? And and only when we're really good at forgiving, then he'll forgive us. I thought we don't have to earn forgiveness from God. It's grace. How how are we going to understand this? Let's go back to Matthew 18, to that story that Jesus told. Because this is going to help us out, the, the next bit of the story. Remember, Peter has come up to Jesus and said, basically, is there a limit on how many times I have to forgive someone? So, so we're dealing with us forgiving others our, uh, our debts. Jesus is saying, no, there's a lot of forgiving. So remember, we pick up our story. This man's had his thousands of years worth of, day, uh, of wages debt cancelled. Let's pick it up in verse 28. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. When the master called the servant in, then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers or sisters from your heart. So right there at the end, Jesus makes basically the same point as he made back in Matthew 6. Our Father will not forgive us if we don't forgive. If we do forgive, we'll be forgiven. We're going to 
start working out what that means. But we're meant to feel something when we read this story. And I don't know about you, but I feel outrage at this man who goes, who's had his, um, his debt paid. Isn't it outrageous behavior? Choking his servant round the neck, you owe me? The servant begged for patience and the man refused and put him in prison. And the master basically says, look, I wiped away your huge, astronomical burden of debt. And you wouldn't forgive him a way smaller debt. How could you? So I want you to picture this man again. With that one hand, with his debts taken away. What's he doing with his other hand? It's gripped around the neck of this servant who owes him a smaller debt. And he is refusing to forgive. That's what Jesus says. Now go back to the Lord's Prayer. Can you picture us? With one hand praying the Lord's Prayer, asking God to forgive our huge debt that we owe God. And then our other hand gripped around people who owe us a much smaller debt. Refusing to forgive them. That is what Jesus is saying can't happen. You can't grip onto someone refusing to forgive while asking God to forgive you. Can you imagine praying this? Father, forgive us our debts, but we will not forgive those who who are debtors against us. And you put it like that, you can feel that it doesn't fit. Jesus says you can't do that. We pray, forgive us our debts. Maybe we can put it like this. Forgive us our debts as we release our grip on our debtors. And forgive them. So let's tackle the question of the if. If you don't forgive, your father won't forgive you. If you do forgive, your father will forgive you. Is our forgiving, is, sorry, is our forgiving other people a condition for God forgiving us? In a sense, yes, it is, because Jesus uses the word if and unless. Because there is a condition to receiving God's forgiveness. The condition throughout the whole Bible to receiving forgiveness from God is repentance and faith. And only if we repent will God forgive us. And forgiveness, our forgiving other people, is a fruit of repentance. Now, going to explain all that. Let's start with repentance. What is repentance? If that's the thing that we need to do to be forgiven. Repentance is turning around. We turn from this life of thieving thieving from God, saying, I realize the huge debt I owe for my way of life. God, I'm sorry. I turn from that way of life against you. Forgive me. Help me live a new life. That's repentance. It's that turning around to God away from sin. And if we do that, God forgives. The message in the New Testament is repent for the forgiveness of your sins. That's the condition for forgiveness, repentance. Now, let's be clear. That is not, God, I'm a better person now. I've actually got really good at forgiving other people. Now you can forgive me. That's not repentance. It's this, I'm sorry for everything, including my struggle to forgive other people. I turn, you're my new king. Forgive me and accept me. That's repentance. Now, the reality of that 
heart repentance shows itself in our lives. Earlier on in Matthew, John the Baptist talks about something which we, we should have in our minds as we go through Matthew 3, 4, 5, 6 to the Lord's Prayer. John the Baptist talks about fruit that's in keeping with repentance. Fruit that's in keeping with repentance. A life that is in keeping with the change of heart towards God. So think with me. What kind of fruit will our heart show that's truly repented and experienced God's forgiveness? It will show the fruit of being forgiving. An imperfect but real fight against sin, including the sin of not forgiving. Let me say that again. What kind of fruit will a heart show that's truly turned to God? The fruit in our lives will include increasingly becoming forgiveness. Not perfectly, though. If you forgive others, fruit, your Father will forgive you because it shows you've truly repented. If you forgive others, you show the fruit of repentance and a heart that's really experiencing God's forgiveness. But... If with one hand we're asking God to forgive us, and with the other hand we're gripped onto someone, refusing to forgive, what does that show is really going on in our hearts? It shows that we're still deeply committed to our own way, and we don't think we actually have had a huge debt paid and we need forgiving much. It might show that we haven't repented, which we need to do in order to be forgiven. Now listen very, very carefully. This is not, do you struggle with forgiving others? Because we all do. In fact, a desire to want to change, become more forgiving is a fruit of repentance. That is fruit in keeping with repentance. What Jesus is saying hasn't happened in this heart that won't be forgiven is, sorry, what's going on is a refusal to forgive. Do you remember that from the story? The man gripped around his throat, I refuse to forgive you, pay me. That's his attitude. That's saying, I've I've forgiven you six times. I will not forgive you anymore. I demand you pay your debt. And Jesus warns us right here. If we refuse to forgive, we will not be forgiven. Because we're showing we've not really turned our hearts to Christ to receive God's forgiveness. And that's Jesus' warning to some of us this afternoon. Is there someone who you're saying you will not forgive? Not that it's hard to forgive or you're trying and struggling, but you will not. Do you have your hand, as it were, gripped round someone's throat, demanding they pay your debts? In your heart, you just won't cancel their debt. Then that might be showing You haven't really turned from that old life. You're just wanting the forgiveness without the transformation. So I want to urge you, repent. Because guess what? God wants us to forgive us for that too. He says, forgive us our debts, including the debt of our struggle to forgive. So turn to him, let go, and find forgiveness. So think about it. How much better it is to pray, 
cancel my burden of debt as I release my grip on others' debts. That's a wonderful prayer to pray, isn't it, that God's given us? It's a wonderful way of life that Jesus calls us to. And this prayer is the, is the key to the kind of forgiveness we saw at Charleston. That's what made them tick. It's this. Because unforgiveness destroys relationships. And we'll have experience of this. I have experience of this in, in my family. Relatives who shut other people out, who refuse to talk to them for years over sometimes petty things, sometimes big things. And, and, and their relationship, it just eats people up. It eats relationships up. And when we won't release the grip, it, it reduces our ability to enjoy God. A heart incapable of forgiveness can be locked in misery. But God's got something so much better for us as Christians in this prayer. Now, some of us have been profoundly wronged. Profoundly wronged. And the debt that people owe some of us is huge. So how can, as we finish, how can praying this prayer help us in that struggle? And it is a real struggle to release our grip on people and forgive. And also, how can this prayer help us with all the little ways we need to forgive? Because I don't know about you, I go through day after day with lots of little grievances that I'm, I'm like gripping onto people. How can this prayer help us with that? Two things that this prayer says, just finish. This will help us. This prayer tells our hearts that the debt we owe God will always be greater than what others owe us. The debt we owe God will always be greater than whatever other people owe us. However small the debt of other people, or however painfully huge the debt is other people owe us, however deep the scars, our offense against God is more painful and more serious and more horrifying. And praying for forgiveness and realizing that that is a bigger debt isn't to minimize what other people owe us. It isn't to minimize our pain, but it puts it in the right perspective. I think a really freeing perspective. What about that annoying colleague who always lets you down and you're like, you're totting up the debts. What about that huge wrong that that person did to you maybe long ago? We are far greater debtors to God than anyone else is to us. Secondly, this prayer teaches us this. God has done the harder forgiving first. This prayer trains our hearts to remember God's done the harder forgiving. If you feel this afternoon that God's call to forgive others is just too much of him to ask of you, Remember that he's done the harder forgiving first. Because God's forgiveness of us cost him the life of his son. His forgiveness involved him, the victim, paying the debt for his offenders, us, when Jesus died on the cross. His forgiveness involved suffering the son of God, eternal wrath on the cross to pay that debt His forgiveness brings his enemies 
into the embrace of a father. What a forgiveness. Not just to a place of neutrality. I will forgive you and make you my child. And we say our father. It's astonishing. And if we're wondering, well, what about those who won't say sorry for what they've done? We do have a savior who, while on the cross, cried out, Father, forgive them. He's talking about his executioners, his enemies. And I just think, imagine with me, what a witness to the world this would be. If we really lived this and prayed this. Because we live in a time where there's a real lack of forgiveness around, I think. Especially in kind of public conversation. It's a huge lack of forgiveness. There is, at the moment, a much-needed calling out of people for justice. Especially, like, bringing out past offenses and saying, that is unacceptable, that shouldn't be covered up, etc. Things that have been overlooked. But with that renewed and right sense of justice... I do feel like there can be very little forgiveness, as hard as that is. Very little hope for restoration, transformation. But the vision Jesus gives us is better than that. What if Globe Church, if we got praying this prayer, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, if we were people daily refreshed in God's lavish forgiveness of us, if we were renewed by the grace of the Spirit to, to be able to do that mind-boggling forgiving of others, I just wonder if people would see in us something they wouldn't see anywhere else. The ability to forgive is a precious jewel that Christians have. I think they'd see the kingdom coming if they saw that in us. So let's pray and ask for God's help now and his grace to forgive us and help us to forgive others. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that we can call you Father. That though we were your enemies with an unimaginable debt of sin that we owed you, you are so kind and through your Son Jesus you have cancelled that debt. Lord, I pray that you would Help us to be a church who stand tall, not burdened by that guilt, but with that, that sin taken away, that we would increasingly experience the liberty and the freedom of daily forgiven debts. Thank you that you do not treat us as we deserve if we turn to Jesus. I pray that we'll be a church who love that and celebrate it and live it. And we pray for that transformation. We pray for that fruit that is in keeping with our heart repentance, a fruit of forgiveness. And Lord, we especially bring to mind those situations where we so struggle to forgive. We need your help. Father, you are the ultimate forgiver. So we trust that you can help us to begin to forgive. And may that be a light to the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen.